Good evening, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, 5.09 PM, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Y'all, I am just so sorry to hear about Diane McIver in the in the news. Um, I, I didn't know her and her husband texts well. Uh, I did a fundraiser for Jody Heiss out at their ranch near Eatonton a year or so ago, and they're just the two nicest people. Beautiful, beautiful ranch and just wonderful people. Uh, gosh, I, I, you never expect to hear somebody you know in the news has died, and they're, wow. Uh, just prayers for Tex and his family. Um, she just, I mean, she was, I, I, again, I didn't know them well, but they were just two of the nicest people just... Uh, in in my encounter with them and Tex and I have traded emails over the years since then. Um, just prayers for them. Oh, turn my phone off here, folks. I you know, let me give you the rundown. But then we got a bunch of stuff uh, in the news about voters that the media is going to do their best to not talk about, and we're going to have to talk about it here for reasons. Well, you know, the media says voter fraud doesn't happen. Well, it does, and there's more and more evidence of it trickling out on the Democratic side. Uh, the, the rundown, though, right now, Hillary Clinton in the Real Clear Politics polling average, she's now up over three percentage points. It appears that the trending has been in her favor. Uh, the LA Times tracking poll, we're not going to be able to really see how it trends until, I'm told, Saturday. Uh, that'll be a complete range of people after the debate, but thus far, uh, the Tuesday and Wednesday polling numbers in the LA Times tracking poll have shown a surge for Hillary Clinton there. Uh, they're still kind of washed out by the earlier numbers that were very much in Trump's favor, uh, but it definitely appears there's some momentum on her side. The Trump campaign now saying they're going to regroup and retool Donald Trump's debate performance. Donald Trump is attacking his surrogates for saying he had a bad debate performance, saying it was Lester Holt's fault, not his fault. Um, that, I mean, there's just, there's nothing you can do with that. It, it is what it is. We've got on WSB Tuesday night, Coming up, the vice presidential debate, Mike Pence and Tim Kaine. I know Pence very well. I'm expecting him to do very well. He's a good debater, a good guy. Both of them, interestingly enough, have sons uh, in the Marines right now. And so I, I imagine that we will will learn a lot about that. In the form. I, I cannot remember the name of the reporter who's doing the debate, though. Anyway, okay. I want to spend some time tonight on voter fraud because, you know, even the, the, the shooter in Washington state turns out he was registered to vote and he had a green card. If you have a green card, you can't register to vote because you're not an American citizen. And this guy, this shooter from Turkey, they're covering it all up. They are. He was registered to vote. And now we know in Virginia, 19 dead people have been re-registered to vote. Having fallen off the rolls, they've been re-registered to vote by someone. Sean Hannity actually mentioned this on his Twitter profile earlier. I, th I think he talked about a show. I couldn't listen to his show today. Uh, I'm sure he talked about it, but Arsan Setin, Arcan Setin, I, he, he's, he's the guy 
who shot up the Cascade Mall in Washington State. Federal sources, I'm reading this now, this is from King 5, which is the one of the local news bureaus, uh, news stations, out in Washington State. King County is... Um, uh, the big county out there. It, 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 federal sources confirmed to, confirmed to King 5 that Satin was not a U.S. citizen, meaning legally he cannot vote. However, state records show he registered to vote in 2014 and participated in three election cycles, including the May presidential primary. Notice they don't say which primary he voted in. Hmm. The Republican... Or the Democrat, hmm, wonder why the, you and I know damn well if he voted in the Republican primary, they would have said he voted in the Republican presidential primary. He's a Trumpist. No, but they don't say that, so you know he voted for Hillary Clinton. He immigrated to the United States from Turkey as a child, is considered a permanent resident or green card holder, while a permanent resident can apply for U.S. citizenship, after a certain period of time, his status had not changed from green holder to U.S. citizen. The penalty, by the way, for voting as a non-U.S. citizen is up to five years in prison and a $10,000 fine. And so now the Washington State Secretary of State's office is running out saying, well, this is an isolated incident. We, 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 we don't actually think that anyone else has done this. We, it was just, he was an anomaly. This, this, this really isn't a story. Don't, don't rush to conclusions. Don't presume that the, there's a problem. In this. There's no such thing as voter fraud. The guy was a green card holder who voted. By the way, this is what the left wants. The left wants people to be able to vote in elections who are not American citizens. And their poster child's a terrorist. Notice they're also trying to say there's no terrorism here. There, there's no terrorism here. He's just He just happens to be from Turkey. Not in a citizen. Happens to be from Turkey, shot up a mall. No, no, nothing, nothing. There. Did you know, by the way, so the, the governor of New York today is, is openly speculating the train crash in Hoboken today, openly speculating, wondering if, quote unquote, our enemies caused the train to derail. Prayers for all the people there, one dead, more than 100 injured, terrible accident. It could have been so much worse, particularly at that time of day. Um, but still, I mean, you, you got that. Now there's another story. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get this one. Got to pull this one up. This is important. And this is the Washington Post reporting this. You know the Washington Post did not want to report this story, but it was a story that can't be ignored. The FBI and local police are investigating how at least 19 dead Virginians were recently re-registered to vote in this critical swing state. One case came to light after relatives of a deceased man received a note congratulating him for registering. His family members were distraught. I bet they were. All 19 were initially registered as voters in the Shenandoah Valley city of Harrisonburg, although a clerk double-checking the entries later raised questions about one. She recognized the name of Richard Allen Claybrook Sr., who died in 2014 at age 87 because his son is a well-known judge. She happened to recall the judge's father had died. He fought in World War II. He died two years ago, and now he's registered to vote along with 18 other people. Now, the money quote, though, this this is important. 
The money quote comes from House Minority Leader David Toscano, Democrat of Charlottesville, Virginia. First of all, there was no voter fraud. They caught him. Nobody cast a vote. There's still no evidence of that going on in the state. But there is evidence every time you turn around that Republicans are trying to make it difficult for citizens to vote. He says this. Well, of course, Republicans are trying to make it difficult for people to vote, not citizens to vote, but hucksters and fraudsters. You've got a terrorist in Washington state who voted in three elections. In three elections. And he wasn't supposed to because he wasn't a citizen. You've got 19 people in the swing state of Virginia who've been registered to vote for this year's election, and they're all dead. Clearly, they're going to vote Democrat because they're all dead. Dead people vote Democrat. But yet... They want you to believe there's no voter fraud. Who are you going to believe, them or your lying eye? Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here, 525, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Folks, have you all heard about this story? The Navy has decided to get rid of all 91 enlisted ratings titles. It is the first overhaul of the naval career structure since the Continental Navy of 1775. They're getting rid of, for example, fire controlman first class. Now it'll be petty officer first class. They're saying, they're alleging, they would have you believe the reason they're doing this is... Officials say the controversial move will improve sailors' lives and ease the transition into the civilian workforce by broadening their skills in this tectonic shift in Navy's personnel system to redraw the traditional lines between enlisted job specialties, a massive shakeup that's only the just beginning. Within the next three to four years, earlier if possible, the service plans to allow sailors to retrain in related skills, expanding their worth to the Navy. But you know what it really is? I mean, that's all corporate psychobabble speak. You know what it really is? They want to get rid of all the genderized titles. Yes. Yes, they 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 don't want an engine man anymore. They want an engine worker. They don't want a fireman anymore. They're going to be petty officers in in the fire division. We are politically correctizing the military. The Obama administration using the military as a great social experiment. And, you know, I mean, this is something I think Donald Trump should come out and rail against. I mean, this this actually is an issue that I think offends most Americans. We've got a system in place. It's been in place since 1775. It works. It gives clear divisions of rank and duty within the military. And now we're going to break it all down in the name of getting gender neutral titles. And they want to allow people to readjust and retrain and go to different things. whoop de doo it's going to help them enter the civilian workforce. No, it's not. What's going to help them enter the civilian workforce is when they have a commander-in-chief who actually cares about them and trains them to be good sailors and soldiers. Right now, we've got a commander-in-chief who only wants to use them for social experimentation, allowing the transgenders, have the women and the men on the submarine, and shock, horror, pregnancies on the rise in the military. How can this be? Well, it can be the way conservatives have said it was going to be. We know human nature. And this whole genderizing, gender-neutral nonsense and titles, it's just a bunch of feel-good hooey that amounts to nothing. 
welcome. Eric Erickson here. It's 539 and beautiful weather. My goodness. Y'all, this weather. It just, I mean, it was in the 50s this morning. Praise Jesus. We just need to keep it going. Keep the decline in temperatures headed into the fall. We don't need any spikes in temperature now. Nobody jinx it. All right. Phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Tara in Sharpsburg. I'm going to come to you first. Welcome. Hello. Hi there. Um, I was just, I did uh, research this morning because I was curious to see who the next moderators were going to be for the presidential debate. I thought it was Martha Raddatz and Anderson Cooper. And I thought, well, there goes Trump's chances again for having any type of decent showing because we all know Martha Raddatz can't stand Trump the way she interviewed him on his stand on his when he did right. the birth, you know whole yeah you know it's going to be interesting to see anderson who's who's a friend of mine balance out raditz who i mean she clearly visibly has has not liked trump in her reporting and i think to his credit when they've done the roundtables and stuff anderson and trump the anderson's been really fair to him but raditz uh, she she seems hostile to him going into the debate i think cooper will be a little more you know in the middle and give them a little bit better of a chance, but um, I, I don't see how Raditz is going to have any type of balance in it at all. I, I don't either. I, I agree with you on that one. And, you know, the last one is going to be Chris Wallace of Fox. And people are saying that, oh, well, he, Trump's going to have Wallace. He's going to have Wallace. He's not going to have Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace is a, a really fair Balance. I mean, have you ever watched Fox News Sunday? He asks tough questions of everybody. He's not gonna. He's not gonna throw the towel for Trump or throw throw it in the tank for Trump or something. That's not gonna happen. You know, it, listen. I I don't. I don't really believe going into this. For example, if you haven't heard, there there's the grand conspiracy theory out there that Hillary Clinton was sending baseball hand gesture sign language signals to Lester Holt. Yeah, people actually believe this. People believe she was signaling him with with, with facial expressions and, and hand touching her nose or whatever that that he needed to be tougher on Trump. He needed to pivot back to Trump. He he needed to grill Trump. That, now, it, listen, here's how I know that's not true. Because in 2004, the left, after George Bush had a very good debate against John Kerry, was convinced that he had some sort of communications equipment on him and an earpiece in him. People were feeding him answers. People smarter than himself. Dick Cheney was telling him what to say. No, it was actually a bulletproof vest, we found out later. Listen, I don't think any of the moderators go in intending to be left-wing hacks trying to take out. Hang on. I Listen, wait a second. Let me finish the thought before you start yelling at me. I don't think they intend to go in as left-wing hacks to destroy Donald Trump. I think they go in as liberals with a liberal worldview. And as a liberal with a liberal worldview, it shapes and skews their facts and their idea of what truth is. And that's one reason they can't be fact-checkers. Because, you know, you can't really prove... For example, Hillary Clinton said that George W. Bush's tax cuts caused the 2007-2008 financial crisis. How exactly do you fact-check that? How do you prove that? 
If you're a liberal, you come up with a way to prove it. If you're a conservative, you come up with a way to deny it. There, there's no real fact to actually show it. It's how you view the world. And I think a lot of these guys, they come in and they have a left of center worldview and that shapes their questions. It shapes their hostility to Trump. They're all members of the press. They all want to stop Trump. So that comes in with a bias on their behalf. But I don't think, and this is this is the big distinction, I don't think it's an intentional willingness and desire to sabotage Trump when they come into the place. It's just their worldview shaping how they deal with the debate, how they formulate the questions and, and where they go and what they hear and how they shape follow-ups. It's more of background than intention. You know, let me stick with the debate moderators here because Trump today is throwing shade at Lester Holt, saying that Lester Holt sabotaged him. Here's the problem with this. If you're going to come out and attack the moderator, you need to attack the moderator right after the debate. And I think uh, perhaps after the next debate, he'll come straight out after Raddus, who I guarantee you, I think Tara's right, our last caller, that she is going to provide, Raddus is going to provide ample opportunity for Trump and his campaign to come out and say she was unfair and biased. If you come out of the debate, though, and you say you think you won and you did good, and then 48, 72 hours later you're beginning to attack the moderator, then it looks like you're responding to polling trends and trying to do damage control. And I don't think that helps. I don't think it helps your credibility. I mean, Clinton has not come out and bashed Lester Holt. She hasn't come out. And, you know, I put this up before the debate started, and I told you guys on Monday before the debate started that the person who comes out most aggressively against the debate moderator is going to be the person who knows they lost. And in this case, it's Trump. And the polls are tending to reflect that. So I, 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 this is all to say I think that he should have come out aggressively against Holt immediately after the debate instead of saying it was his microphone broken. He shouldn't have been charitable right after if he thought that he was set up, if he thought that Holt was biased. And I got to tell you, I wrote the other day that I thought it was notable that every tough question Lester Holt asked went to Donald Trump. He asked Donald Trump about his taxes. He asked Donald Trump about his statements on women. He asked Donald Trump about birtherism. What did he not ask Hillary Clinton? He didn't ask her about the Clinton Foundation. Nope. Didn't ask about that. Didn't ask her about Benghazi. Nope. Didn't ask about that. Barely asked about the email situation and never followed it up with a cybersecurity thing either. Nope. Didn't ask about that. There were multiple areas that he could have asked Hillary Clinton personal topics the same way he did Trump, and he didn't. I think pointing that out is fair game. Now, I happen to like Lester Holt. I don't know him, but I think he's a good anchor. But I do think it was notable that he asked Trump about birtherism and he asked Trump about taxes and he never asked Hillary Clinton about the Clinton Foundation. That right there, I think, suggests bias. It is 555-555 here in the city. Welcome, Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Lots of fives there. Anyway. Let's go back to the phones. Watson, you're up next. What's up, Sherlock? Hey, brother. How you doing? Today? Good. <laughs> oh, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, I was listening to your caller who was concerned about the next debater. I'm not the next debater, but the next moderator. And I'm thinking, why is a moderator really a problem when the non-politician, the outsider, the, the end-all to be-all, is going to be debating. I mean, he should have put the smack down on Hillary that even her descendants 
wouldn't want to debate for the next thousand years, and he did not show up on Monday. You know, it, it, that is true, and I got to tell you, the number of stories out today uh, of Trump supporting surrogates who are concerned he's going to come back in the next debate and bring up Bill Clinton's past uh, is pretty amazing. They're actually really, in his camp, are really worried about it. Now, his son says it was courageous that he didn't do it in the last one, and Trump's been bringing it up on the campaign trail now. I don't think it helps him. I think it plays to the stereotype Hillary Clinton's built. I, I and I'm assuming he's not actually going to. Although it would be glorious to see, but still. Y'all see that moment at the Ryder Cup where the the heckler in the crowd they finally they made him come up because he said he could make the putt and he did. Fantastic! <laughs> wow, that just I, I I'm developing new appreciation for golf. I got to join a course, I guess, because my seven year old it is dad time and he wants to play golf bad. And we just we go to Hilton Head once a year and we play golf and. Otherwise, we don't. We're just going to have to start. Welcome back. By the way, it's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, 10 after the hour. If you're wondering, we're getting these calls from all over the nation tonight. I'm doing Facebook Live, which is it's just a fascinating experiment because... Instead of just getting Atlanta calls, we get calls from all over the area. We see the 800 number light up uh, more often than not. Got a few folks who have been on hold. I want to go on and, and get to James in Atlanta before I get into anything else. James, welcome. Hey, welcome, Eric. Hey, thank you. Uh, Eric, first I want to say Jesus Christ love you and your family. I hope everything works out for you and your wife and, and your children. Thank you very now, much. I, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker. And I want to tell you, but I'm from, I live in Atlanta. I want to tell you something. One thing about New Yorkers, they do not whine and do not cry. I mean, Donald Trump got beat. Let's just put it uh, the fact. He got beat. Yeah. But he got beat because he wasn't prepared. I, it was certain questions that Donald Trump could have used. Donald Trump could have used one thing when they was talking about black lives and, and, and about um, guns and stuff. Donald Trump could have said to, to the audience, said, do you know that Hillary Clinton's husband, Bill Clinton, put more African-Americans in jail than the last four presidents? Mm-hmm. He, he also could have said certain things to her um, in reference to when, when he said that about his taxes. That was just a stump. If I told you I didn't pay taxes, you would have the IRS look at me, man. Right. <laughs> I mean, for the men to scream out, it's good business not to pay taxes. You know, the first thing I thought, Eric, I said to myself, so I wonder if he wins, can I stop paying taxes? <laughs> you and know, I, I, mean, I think but, that that actually, that one hurt him more than anything else. If you if you look at the polls and, and the focus group reaction afterwards, that that I, I'm smart, um, that was good business, not paying taxes, that, that made a lot of people mad. Right, and, and what I'm saying, Eric, is this. When they debate, and I, and I don't know, it, it, to me, African-Americans, we have a way. We call it the dozens. We, you know, you've seen it on comedy show. We talk about each other's parents and all that stuff. But first of all, he got to understand he's dealing with a woman. 
first of all. So what the way he treated Rudio, the way that he treated Ted Cruz is not going to be looked at the same way. So he should have been more prepared for answers that he wanted to give, not for, I mean, when they talked about the birther image, whatever that is, he just said, I didn't start it. He said, I just followed it up and right. left it like that. He should have also told her, he should also told him, he said, about supporting the war. He should say, well, I talked to Howard Stern. Then I talked to Sean Hannity. But let me tell you something. I'm a billionaire. I didn't give one dime to a bullet that went to the war. See, he should have. Man, the, just, James, he needs you in debate prep. <laughs> I, I think so, <laughs> Eric. But, <laughs> Listen, but like I, said, I, I appreciate very much the I, phone call. You know what, Eric? What's I'm up? With you. I'm with you. I'm voting for Don. I'm voting for um. Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. James, thanks very much for the phone call, but I think Trump needs to put you on the payroll for debate prep. But, you know, he, he, a lot of people have made those points that he, had he done the prep, he bragged a lot in his campaign, bragged that he wasn't doing traditional debate prep, and now they see that he needed to do it. And I just think, listen, take my views of Donald Trump out of this, I think it was campaign malpractice when the race is that close that they didn't convince him he needed debate prep. The rest of you, uh, bear with me, please. Because there are a bunch of separate, unrelated, unconnected stories, and I'm going to make them all connect for you. This one, Charlie actually just sent it to me. A teenage girl has started a petition to get the Boy Scouts to open up to girls. I know. I know they're Girl Scouts. She doesn't want to be a Girl Scout. She wants to be a Boy Scout because she essentially went to all the meetings with her older brother who's an Eagle Scout, and she's upset she can't be an Eagle Scout because she's a girl. The Boy Scouts are saying no dice. It's becoming controversial. You know, listen, they had the controversy over gay scout masters and then letting in gay scouts, and they folded and folded and folded. It's only a matter of time before the Boy Scouts fold on this as well. But in the meantime, they, they claim to be sticking to their guns. Unrelated story number one. Unrelated story number two. The University of Michigan has decided that students there are going to be allowed to pick their pronouns. Now, you, because you are a rational, logical, grammatically correct human being, you possibly don't understand what I'm meaning. They're, they're going to let students there if you wish to be referred to as he, even if you're a girl, well, this, the teachers are going to have to call you he. If you're a girl and you want to be called... Z, they're going to have to let you be called Z. That, by the way, is a thing for transgender kids. Uh, and and then some of them, they want to go by the plural pronoun they. So is he, she, it, they, uh, the, a boy wants to be called they. They is going to the store. And he wants that to be correct. Oh, I'm sorry. They want it to be correct grammar. Some student there has decided that his pronoun of choice is going to be his majesty. His majesty is going to the store. Smart kid. Unrelated story number three. The Republicans in Congress convinced the National Right to Life Committee to turn a blind eye and keep their mouth shut 
while the Republicans have passed a continuing resolution that funds Planned Parenthood. Yes, that's right. The pro-life community in Washington was willing to grant Republicans a pass on a continuing resolution that funds Planned Parenthood, an organization that butchers children, because we can't risk a government shutdown. That may make the Republicans look bad. And you and I both know that the Republicans in Washington, D.C., or the pro-lifers in Washington, D.C., are more a Republican party than they are a pro-life party. And they want to protect Republicans in Washington. Uh, I mean, to heck with the calls. Remember, back during Obamacare, they bent over backwards to make sure that the last remaining pro-life Democrats had cover to sell them out. Bart Stupak, anyone? Who had a great pro-life rating because they were bipartisan. Well, there are any pro-life Democrats left in Congress, so now they're a member of the Republican Party. And they got to give Republicans a pass. And then there's the story that ties all of these stories together so that they all make sense. Yeah, this is a tease. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here, and it's 25 after the hour, almost 26 after the hour, if we want to be precise about it. Okay. If you're just tuning in, I shall reset for you the calls, the the the, the unconnected stories. There's the girl who wants to join the Boy Scouts and is upset with them. There are the kids at the University of Michigan who... They get to pick their own pronouns now at the University of Michigan, and the professors have to call them. If you want to be called King of Spain, well, if King of Spain is your pronoun, well, then that's your pronoun. you got to be called King of Spain, went to the grocery store. And then Republicans, because the pro-life movement in Washington refused to fight, refused to stand up, refused to be heard because they were afraid of hurting the Republican brand. The Republicans have funded Planned Parenthood in a continuing resolution. And the best pro-lifers get is, well, they didn't fund everything Planned Parenthood wanted. So it was a win. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Now, here's the tie that binds all of these stories together. Republican faith in Republican leaders is at an all-time low, 32%. You know why Republican faith in Republican leaders is at 32%? Because Republican leaders aren't standing up and fighting this stuff. They're, they're scared of Wall Street. Look, look in North Carolina. You got the Chamber of Commerce and Wall Street uh, bond rating holders are threatening North Carolina. If you don't allow boys in the girls' bathroom, we're going to hurt you financially. And Republicans aren't fighting back. You know, Democrats in Congress would be issuing subpoenas for Wall Street companies that did that if they did it to, to Democrats. Republicans aren't fighting back. Republicans control Michigan, the Republican governor. Republicans in the legislature, they're doing nothing with the idiots at the University of Michigan allowing students to pick their own pronoun. The girl wants to get in the Boy Scouts. Why? She's emboldened. Nobody's standing up and saying this is cuckoo nonsense. Nobody's standing up saying you got to fight for what's right, to quote the Beastie Boys. No one's standing up saying this is nonsense. The world is upside down, and we refuse to go along with the madness. The Republicans are caving over and over and over and over. If leaders in Washington were bold and stood up to this nonsense, and and don't tell me Trump, because Trump has come out and said twice now that he's perfectly okay with boys going to the girls' bathroom if that's where they're comfortable. Republicans need to stand up. Republicans need to fight. Republican leaders need to start fighting for Main Street and Middle America 
instead of their check writers and Wall Street. There are two worlds, and Republicans are listening to the wrong one. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson. Y'all, I got to do something here. So I'm, I'm streaming live uh, on Facebook Live, and that ties up so many computer resources. But I need to see if I can get this audio to play it for you because it's just, y- you got to hear this. One of the chief criticisms I've maintained for a very long time about Trump is that People who, and to his credit, uh, Jonathan Last of the Weekly Standard was really the first person to point this out, that when you enter Trump's orbit, you come away with your integrity in tatters. You're, you're, when you come away from Trump, you, you are corrupted in some capacity. Jason Miller, it's a friend of mine. He worked for Ted Cruz and he worked for Sarah Palin. And after Cruz lost, he jumped ship to Donald Trump. He's now a communications guy for Trump. And he went on TV with Chuck Todd this afternoon to argue that polling, online polling, is actually more scientific and more accurate than actual scientific He's the agent of change coming into this campaign. He's the one that's going to turn the ca- the country around. He's the one that's going to keep us safe. Those are really our two main goals coming to this, and I think we're able to accomplish it. Why do you think multiple polls, scientific polls, have given, said Hillary Clinton won that debate by a two-to-one margin? I mean, it's not even been close. All right, well, i got to say you straight on that one. The, de- the polls that happened that night, the night of the debate, the uh, snap polls, the ones that happened online, those all showed Mr. Trump winning. Uh, winning and what, he was wait, wait, what scientific poll had Donald Trump winning? Give well, me what, one scientific poll. Everything else was a. Those are fan polls, man. Those are those are polls those are, that like computer immediate, programmers can can mess yeah, with. Those, those aren't real. Immediate reactions. Those are a, a snapshot of what people are thinking who are actually watching the debate. Now the NBC Survey Monkey poll yeah. to go after that one because I figured you're probably going to go to that one next. That's methodologically sound, but go ahead. Both Monday and Tuesday. So then Tuesday is influenced by all the the uh, debate coverage the next day, which of course the media is going to try to hype up Hillary Clinton and make it right. seem like she won. Now, the case at all. People who are watching thought that Mr. Trump, Trump won that debate. Where is the evidence that people who are watching? I mean, I, I, there was I, time. There was variety. There no, was, those there, were those are all those are all like robot uh, polling. It's not real, real polling. Chuck, we have the support not. of the people. I mean, again, I understand that Hillary. Oh my God! Well, from, uh, from yeah, you know what poll? He's talking about the Drudge poll, where you can run a script and have a computer run over and over and over and over. The Drudge poll within 20 minutes of the debate starting had Trump ahead by 90 percent. Those of you on camera can see me doing the face palm because that's all I can do at this point. Oh my gosh, Jason. Do you know campaigns they email out links to their to their people and say, "Go vote in this poll now online. Make it look like we won." I've done that before for people. When I was at Red State, sent out an email blast to say, "Hey, quit. Go vote in this poll so the left doesn't win." And and whoosh, we win the poll. It's totally, it's not a scientific poll. It's not a random sample. This, uh, you, he's a political consultant with a large number of clients. 
How do his clients look at this and say, I want that guy to work for me? What, because he's unflappable and, and tries to actually make the case that up is down? I, oh my gosh. Y'all, this is embarrassing. I feel bad for him. I put up the entire video so you can't accuse me of taking it out of context. You can go to the resurgent.com right now. It's the top story and you can see the whole video for yourself. I mean, you should see the look. You really should go see the video just to see the look on Chuck Todd's face when Jason starts saying, well, the online poll, he won the online polls. <laughs> oh, and Chuck's like, what the heck, dude? Wow. I got to email Chuck. Oh my gosh. I just, wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Let's move on. 404-872-0750-1800 WSB talk. And you know, when I talk about this stuff, you guys should see the phones right now. They just, whoosh. They light up with angry people calling. How dare you? Of course the online polls are right because they have Mr. Trump winning. <laughs> no, they're not. I'm sorry. Oh, 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 okay. Let's, we're going to move on to something else now. Amy, you could rescue me from the madness. <laughs> I'm just calling to tell you how much I support that girl wanting to be in uh, Boy Scouts. And you know why? Why? Because Girl Scouts suck. <laughs> that, you know, that is true. My wife said the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Boy Scouts, they have more fun. They teach life skills. They're not doing these silly journeys and about makeup and they're not really pushed to go sell cookies and candy. And the Boy Scout Eagle Award is very coveted, where the Girl Scout Gold Award is kind of forgotten. That's true. So, but and, but the Girl Scouts but, have cookies. Yeah, listen, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, the Boy Scouts are, the Girl Scouts are, I mean, if we're real honest about it, they're kind of lame, but... Um, I mean, I just, I didn't want my daughter to join the Girl Scouts because they're so liberal now and, and social engineering and whatnot. And the Boy Scouts, they may be trending that way, but they haven't gotten there. And you know that girls can actually join the Boy Scouts at age 14. They have something called Venture Crew that's co-ed. Right. They can be a part of until age 21, but they still can't earn the Eagle Award. Yep, that's but, true. Um, yeah, and, and that's another, her. She apparently, she joined some sort of South African scout group and then a Canadian yes. scout group, and um, they she still, she wants to be an Eagle Scout. I don't blame her. I want to be an Eagle Scout. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're all, I, I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> but yes, you, you are right. I, I mean, they, they do cool campouts and stuff. We, we went through that with my kids this year, though on joining the scouts and just we don't have a we're, we're in pca uh southern baptists have awanas and we don't have an outlet like that and i think my seven-year-old would enjoy something like that but we just with with the way things are going these days and i, I just we kind of are like yeah i don't think so we'll we'll just have family camp outs and make it family time and i was a scout i loved it yeah, growing up in Dubai, I was a Cub Scout, went through Weeblows and started Boy Scouts. I never made it to Eagle Scout because we moved home and uh, never rejoined when I got, got home. But, I mean, it was fun. We would go out in the desert and camp out, and we'd do wood carvings and learn how to cook. And I got all my little medals and all that on my the little sash that you wear. It was pretty awesome, but I never did do Eagle Scout. Welcome back. Oh, it would help if I turned the camera back on here, too, wouldn't it? Welcome! It's Eric Erickson here. Oh, folks. 
Did y'all know there's a MacGyver TV show out? Like a remake of the original MacGyver. And from what I'm reading, that the original MacGyver could not save this new MacGyver from cancellation if he had all the tools in his in his trade book. Apparently, it's terrible. Why do they remake bad shows? I mean, MacGyver was an awesome show. You know my favorite MacGyver episode? It was the one with the ants. Do you remember that? He was in the he was in the jungle in South America, and it was the the ants that come in giant waves. It, it, it was it was fantastic. It's a uh, it's I just I loved that episode, and they've had to remake MacGyver, and I don't understand why they wanted to do that. I think that's a terrible idea. What I am excited about is tomorrow, Luke Cage. Y'all, it's coming on Netflix. I liked Daredevil. I wasn't a huge fan of Jessica Jones. I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. But the first season of Daredevil is like gold standard. But I'm hearing such good things about Luke Cage. Several friends of mine got advanced episodes to be able to see it for reviews. And they said it was amazing. So tomorrow, Luke Cage. But be here tomorrow at 5. You can binge watch with me starting at 7 tomorrow night when it comes out on Netflix. But first, you have to come listen to me tomorrow. Remind you that it's coming out tomorrow night. All right, guys. Have a good night. See you tomorrow.